All righty. Well, we're going to go ahead and get started. Let me put my phone on silent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Freaked out. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, one second. I forgot my Bible. me okay all righty uh, let's pray real quick father we thank you Lord God we thank you for your word we thank you Lord God just for your spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth and father we just uh, we thank you for leading us through your word into more truth Lord God as we sharpen our skills our 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 spiritual understanding to not just understand information, but learn how to apply it and make it applicable into our lives for the benefit of others. Lord God, and we thank you because we know ultimately the purpose of your spirit is to strengthen, comfort, lead us and guide us. And at the same time, also to be able to be that for others. We thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, We left off on page 102 talking about carnal babies, spiritual mature meat and milk. Open 15 for you? Okay. So all you got to do by next time, brother, just read the first 102 pages leading up to it. (laughs) I watched them all on YouTube. (laughs) Okay. Someone's at, is someone at the door? There. They'll come in. They'll make it. Come on in. No, no. No, that's a gift. That's a gift, definitely. And, you know, it's funny because there was on, there's a, I don't remember what sermon he, uh, Brother Curry does, but he says they, they transcribe because some of the books that he has is just transcription of his sermons. Mm-hmm. And so they counted how many words he spent. He, he gives the count of how many words, you know, he speaks. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I babble too, but that's a lot. That's a lot of words. Uh, page 102. I want to dive into this because I want to finish this part about old and new covenant. And then I want to get into generational curses. I want to make sure we finish that today. So, uh, top of page 102 says, carnal babies, spiritually mature, meat and milk. Um, And how many of you guys ever heard in in a church service, you know, somebody say, oh, man, that pastor preached well today. Man, he gave meat. You you ever ever hear somebody say that, make that statement? Mm -hmm. Or I'm tired of milk. 
right? I'm, I'm tired of just, man, I go to that church and all they give is milk, you know? And what that typically means is milk means I'm just tired of them giving light word. I want them to give strong word and meat to most uh, believers or Christians is like strong word, you know, talk about holiness. That's, that's me. Let's talk about sanctification. That's me. Let's talk about healing the sick. That's me. Um, but I want to go through what the Bible talks about, what milk and what meat means. Um, and the reason why just, this is another example of, of just, these are sacred cows in the church and, it, and in its thinking that we have this thought process of what something is and we never define it by what scripture says. And it might be, it might not be a big deal for some, but if the Bible has a description and a definition, then we probably should find out what, what it says. And that would help us to have a clear understanding of what the Bible is saying. So on page 102, it says the Corinthians church was not a perfect church. As a matter of fact, it was one of the most messed up churches in the Bible. There was sin in the Corinthian church that Paul said wasn't even heard of among heathen or Gentiles. With that in mind, remember that Paul also wrote that the Corinthian Christians came behind no one when it came to operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Meaning the, the church that was the most optimal in the operation of the gifts was the Corinthian church. Paul said, nobody compares to you. You were by far the most gifted of all of the churches. Note that even with the rampant sin in the church, he did not say that they were doing the gifts that it wasn't real. He just told them how to correct it and operate accurately. How many of you ever heard this statement? I just want to be in a church that's operating in the gifts. Anybody ever heard that statement before? No? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I, I've heard it and said it before as well. You know, I, I just want to I want to see the gifts in operation in our church. And and I'm not saying that, that the that the gifts being in operation is a bad thing, but we have to understand off the platform of how this works. And so right away, we understand that the most gifted operational church was the most sinful carnal. That was the one that, that was the church that operated the most in the gifts was the most carnal church. And so Paul never told them, you guys that are in sin, stop operating from the gifts. He never said that. Neither did he say, you guys that, are, that think you're operating in the gifts, you're really not. You're in the flesh. He didn't say that either. Come on in. He never told them, stop doing it until you just get it perfectly right. And until you get your life 100% correct, then you can operate in the gifts and you have earned the right to operate in the gifts. He never said that. Well, we're going to get into that. But he never said those types of things. And yet in the church, we do say those types of things. I well, I, well, let me rephrase that. I would have said that in the past. 
But in, in today's typical charismatic Pentecostal church, you know, the, the mindset would be, you know, if you're struggling in an area, you better not be operating in the gifts. Don't be praying for anybody. Don't be letting other, other people pray for you because, man, you don't know what's on them. Sit down. Sit. Yeah. Yep. You know, I remember we, when I first came across JJLM, one of my first desires was to sit down with a friend of mine and his wife and share with them. Um, she's they're going, um, and share with them this message. And when I when I shared with them this message, I would you know because it was like, well, I know he's got a heart for God. I know he loves, he's gonna they're gonna receive this message. It's gonna be amazing. The, their church in which they pastor at is gonna be, it, it's just gonna like flames through the city of Stockton. It's just gonna overtake it. And the husband heard. The husband wanted and the wife looked at me and said well that's not right and I said what do you mean well we're not Jesus what do you mean well you can't be sending anyone just out there if you send them out there and they're not trained and discipled and living right then then they're not gonna you know and, and all these criterias and I said well I, I agree they should be living right but I think doing right will begin to make you live right. <laughs> you know, there's, there, there's an internal, external, not external, internal, you know, element. And, and in, in all of that, come on in. Hey, sis. <laughs> come on in. How was your, how was your drive? I know Jenna. Come on in, Jenna. Jenna's out. Jenna attends the Redwood City Church. Come on in. Grab a seat, Jenna. Wherever you want to sit, Jenna. And so where we did the DHT training at, that's where Jenna goes. And they were out there doing some uh, some street ministry evangelism this past weekend in Redwood City out in the park. And so she's got she's got some friends out here. She wanted to come and say hello to y'all. Um, so as we're talking about the Corinthian church, so if the gifts are in operation, isn't it, don't you find it interesting in first Corinthians 13 or first Corinthians? Well, yeah, 12, there's first Corinthians 12 about the gifts, first Corinthians 13, which Paul is, all, is only talking about marriage, right? Is that why the chapter of love is there? No. You mean he's not talking about gifts and then jumps into relationships and then jumps back into the gifts? That's not what he's talking about. I I thought because we always use it in our churches for marriage and relationships. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is. He must be talking about relationships, because how does love have anything to do with operating of the gifts? Huh. Okay. So the most carnal church was the Corinthian church. And Paul admonished them that they were the most gifted. Any idea why they would be the most gifted? Because they're the most carnal. Because they need it. Well, okay. Oh, okay, I'll do a simple drawing here. 
This is a bolt. A bolt. Like the top of a bolt. The top of a bolt. You're looking down on it. Okay? So then... What would that be? A wrench. <laughs> be a spoon. So if this wrench was two inches and this bolt had been on there for 45 years rusted, would you be able to take that bolt off with a two-inch wrench? What would be a couple things you might need? Okay. One. How about WD-40? Okay. Leverage. What else? Maybe, a, yeah, an addition, something to to loosen it, to bang it around, hammer. <laughs> let's just, let, let's just use this. <laughs> Let's use this analogy here. Okay. Well, you'd probably do. My dad is a very, grew up, I grew up in, with, the, with the father that was very handy. My dad would go, and if it was rusty, he'd start banging it, tapping it. Spray some WD-40, tap it. Then he would go and either get a pipe, a metal pipe, Slide it on top. And then it would be out to about right here. Right? And then he'd start working it. And he'd start working it. Because the more leverage, the pounds of pressure that you're able to put on this will slowly loosen it in, 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 in a course of time. Because right here, you're, let's say you're able to put 50 pounds of pressure. Right here, let's say 75. Right here, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just giving you examples. Let's say by here, you're 300 pounds of pressure. So 300 pounds of pressure, spraying it with WD-40, banging it loose a little bit, will all of a sudden loosen all of that. Imagine this was cancer. And you walked up to the situation, I'm going to do this as a hypothetical, and you only had two inches of faith. But you had to get the job done. So God goes, okay, here's, here's the way Smith Wigglesworth would say it. He would say it this way. He would say, I'd go in and heal the sick or cast out that devil. And if my faith couldn't get me there, I got nine gifts of the Spirit to tack on to the end of it to get us all the way there. So, if you only had two inches of faith in that moment because you had the guy that mowed your lawn burnt a circle in the middle of it with his lawnmower. Maybe you had a bad day. Maybe, the per maybe you had a bad day with your boss. Maybe your car broke down. Maybe you had an argument with your spouse. But you were still being obedient. And in that moment, because understand, faith is, faith is like this for most people. Now, because it's tied to people's emotions. It doesn't have to be. It shouldn't be. But most of the time, it is. 
So people's faith waver based on like what we talked about. You know, right here, you just woke up, had morning coffee. Now you're in faith. Right? You're getting dressed. You realize you're running or, or you're getting dressed. You know, you, you did your 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 uh, proclamations as you were getting dressed. And, but as you were getting dressed, you're just like, oh, I hate getting dressed. You know, and then all of, a, all of a sudden right here, you know, you're doing your proclamations. You're up on faith. And then all of a sudden you look at the clock. You're running late. And all of this in about 10 minutes. You know, and you hadn't even got to work yet. Faith shouldn't be attached to your emotions. But a lot of the times it is. And until you learn how to grow past that, your faith will be this way. It's just, it's just the way that it is uh, until you grow past it. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Gospel of Matthew. The Bible says that they came and told Jesus, the disciples of John came to tell Jesus that John was dead and they beheaded him and he buried him. The next scripture, it says that Jesus went to go be alone. And he went to the mountain to go be alone. And when he went to the mountain to go be alone, the people followed him. And it says Jesus turned around and seen the people and said, and the scripture says that when he seen them, they were a people that looked like they didn't have a shepherd. And Jesus had compassion on them. Here's Jesus in a moment, a human moment. His cousin was just killed. Not only was his cousin killed, it was a reminder of what? What's coming for him. He understands that and he knows that. And in that moment, he's going, man, this is tough. And just introspection or whatever, however he was processing thinking, then he turns around and he sees the people and goes, no, I got to minister to them. And he put his emotions off to the side and went. Why? Because he was operating from compassion. So the gifts of the Spirit, in a nutshell, this is kind of what, what I just want to point out here real quick. The gifts of the Spirit are those things that need to get tacked on because you or I are not mature enough in the moment to handle it with faith and power. You want to know the truth? That's the truth. The gifts of the Spirit don't show how mature you are. It actually shows what you lack and God's going, I'll pick up the slack. Why? Because they need help in spite of you. It's okay. Because you know what typically happens? If you've never had anybody get healed before, the gift of healings will operate through you and then you see it for the first time and you go, oh my gosh, this really works. And then guess what happens for the next time? You have more than two inches of faith. It goes three and five, six, seven, ten feet, twelve feet of faith now. Because the goal, this is a baby in Christ. This is Jesus. Your goal. See, if, you, if, if all you have faith is right here, then the gifts of the Spirit have to 
fill that gap. That's what the gifts are for. That's why the Corinthian church, he, Paul didn't sit there and go, stop operating from the gifts, because Paul said, this is what Paul's mindset was. I know you're jacked up. I know you're messed up. Ain't no doubt about it. You're doing stuff sinners don't do. That's pretty bad. And then you're bragging about it. And going, look, you know, and it's crazy because they were bragging about how gracious they were. And, and he goes, no, 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 no. You know, Raider fans don't even do that stuff. <laughs> I grew up a Raider fan, so I can say it. I know. You know, old, the old videos of the old Ra Raider games. Probably not that old either. Probably still do it. But it, it was just, a, it, it's a different mindset that it's filling the gap to get that person there. And then if you get a word of knowledge, see, have you ever, okay, I'll say this way. Have you ever ministered to someone and you were amazed? You know what that's called? A gift. You know why? You know why you know why I know that? Because you were amazed. <laughs> See, if you weren't amazed that it happened, that's what I mean by that. If you were amazed when it happened, if you weren't amazed when it happened, then that means you had faith for it to happen. And you weren't surprised by it when it happened. But if you were amazed by it because it happened, that was a gift. <laughs> Do you, see, do you, you understand what I'm saying? By faith. Now, it's not a put down to any one of us because we have all experienced that. <laughs> if we, either we have all experienced it or we haven't stretched ourselves far enough to experience it. And if you haven't stretched yourself far enough to experience it, then that should be a security blanket to you because not only can you operate from faith and power, you have gifts that will cover the gap for you. So you actually can step out and do the obedience out of faith and the Holy Spirit will go, let me fill the gaps so I can grow you, stretch you, teach you, and you can learn from me. Because if I can give you this, it might wet your palate to know I am a God of my word. Step out again and you'll see it again. Step out again. And you'll see it again. And then you'll get to a point that when you say it, you'll believe it, it will happen and there won't be any surprise. And all of a sudden you start talking like these, the, the, you know, these men or women of faith. And all of a sudden your family starts looking at you different, looking at you weird. And people in the church start going, you're weird. Because they only speak death and doubt. And all of a sudden, you know, they're going, oh, so-and-so sick. Oh, man, you know, I, I prayed for him, and I just, I just pray that it's God's will that he take Don't be praying that it's God's will that he take him. Let's go and lay hands on him right now. Well, sister, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I pray for him. And, you know, pastor, so I don't care, pastor, so-and-so pray for him. Get me over there, and I'll get him healed. Well, that's arrogant of you. No, that's pretty confident. 
Because here's, here's the thing we have to understand. Does, does prayer honor God? I've been repeating this over and over for weeks now. Does prayer honor God? You know what else? Only answered prayer honors God. What good are your words if they have no answer to it? But yeah, because ultimately what gives honor to God is the answered prayer. I love Charles Caps. I love Charles Caps. Yeah, I, I, I would I would tell you if you want to know how to talk, go read Charles Caps. If you want to hear faith, go listen to Kenneth Hagin. That that's you know that's pretty much. Now, if you want to know how to live, go read E. W. Kenyon. And if you want to run it down with the chaser and balance. <laughs> Right, I mean, there, there's, I mean, there, there's, there's certain people. Watchman Nee, if you ever heard or, or read Watchman Nee, Watchman Nee and E. W. Kenyon, I would, if I were you, I would listen or read to back to back, because you read E. W. Kenyon and you're floating in the clouds, man. You're just up there in the heavens, and Watchman Nee brings it to a practical application. In, in, in just how he addresses it in a balanced way a lot of the time. And if you listen, if you only hear Watchman Nee, it can be a little condemnation because it's still a little bit of the old covenant, new covenant thinking, a little bit. But he's he's very close over the edge of coming over. But his stuff is so good. He wrote it in prison when he was in China. All of this literature when he was in per, as a, when he was being persecuted, and so there's an element there's there's such an element of truth. But if you chase it with 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 E. W. Kenyon as a chaser, it just it goes down real well. Um. So Paul writes, uh, page one hundred two, verse nine. It says, "But it as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man." the things which God had prepared for them that love him. See, what Paul was writing was the scriptures for funerals. So Paul was making sure that we had scripture funeral, uh, scriptures for funerals right there. That's why he wrote that scripture. Because that's what we use all the time. I have not seen nor ear heard. And we say it with such religious conviction. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, nor entered, you know, grandma, you know, I have not seen for grandma, and I, you know, and I told, finish the verse. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So grandma can't just get away with just going, I have not seen, ear hath not. We, we talked about this, I think it was last week. 
we always hear, well, when we get to heaven, we won't be sick anymore. When we get to heaven, we won't have bills anymore. When we get to heaven, we won't have the, the stress of life anymore. You know, or you hear people go, oh, God, I just can't wait till Jesus comes. Man, life's so hard. I'm, this is so tough. It's tough. Man, man, I just, and it sounds spiritual. Oh, sister, I just, I'm praying. I just can't wait for Jesus to come. You know, there's an interesting scripture. I think it's in Habakkuk. And it says, it says, for those, there are, I got to, I don't remember exactly how it says it, but I'm going to give you uh, what I remember of it. it. In a nutshell, it says this. It says, for there are those who rejoice, calling out and awaiting for that day. But they that call out for waiting for that day don't know what they're asking for when that day will come. Because people are going, oh, I can't wait for the day of the Lord. See, that's how I know you ain't got it right. Because if you're making that statement and not doing what he said, that lets me know how selfish you are. Because that day when it will come will not be a happy day for many. And see, when all we're thinking about is PG&E and water bills, what did, what did James talk about? What is the root of, of demonic thinking and confusion? Envy and self-seeking, James says. So, here... He says, I had not seen ear nor heard nor entered to the heart of men those things that God has prepared for us that love him. But by his spirit. Because if death, if by death we win into everlasting life, then the devil has the key to eternal life. You understand that? If we say that the key to victory is through death, then the devil holds the key to God giving eternal life, if that's the case. When do we get eternal life? Now. You know, as a Christian, you will never die. That's Bible. What did Jesus tell Mary to, in front of Lazarus' tomb? You remember the conversation? He said, don't you know I am the resurrection and the life? And he that believeth in me shall never die. And then in the church, we read that and we go, oh, that's such a good scripture. But hypothetically and philosophically, metaphysically, he was referring to. He was referring to the truth that you will never die. You will never taste death. So I'll live forever? No, that's not what he said. That's not. Your, your corruption will put on incorruption. It is appointed for man once to die after that, the judgment. Yeah, that's a general statement. But guess what? It doesn't apply. Why? Because I already died. If you're a believer, you should have already been dead. Or how about this way? Take up your cross and follow me. Here's, here, here, here's I'll put another scripture to connect to that. Where he says... For we have, for because of this, we have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Why can I have on that day 
boldness in the day of judgment? Because I'm just like him. And he ain't going to get judged. He is the judge, Jesus said, that the Father have given all judgment unto me. So what am I afraid of? I tell it to Christians all the time, why are you so scared to die? We should be the ones on the forefront so ready. We should be in the forefront willing to go, listen, either that bullet ain't going to touch me because you're not touching these people. Either it's going to come and stop right here. And if it don't, then I will lay down my life because greater love hath no man than that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And yet some of the most heaviest things we find in the life of Christians in the church today is anxiety and fear. Go get an ailment in your body and see how see if anxiety. Go get a headache for three days straight and see if anxiety doesn't kick in. See if stress doesn't kick in. See if worry doesn't kick in. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not putting anybody down because of that. I'm trying to bring something to light through that. that, that that's what I'm trying to bring out here. Because, see, to pass from this life to the next, you're good. Why worry? He's a healer. Unless, you're chill, unless you haven't settled that yet. Go on to the next page, 103. Or 113. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Not the natural man receive, but the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay, I'm going to stop here and just make this statement. For this reason, This is why most books sold at Christian bookstores are only good for starting fires. Because they are carnal men who don't understand spiritual. And I'm saying that recording it and uploading it. Yes, I said it. Because that is the truth. I heard a testimony of a, of a pastor. It was an, actually, he was an evangelist and he was, came out of witchcraft and he wrote several books and everything else. But in this story, he was at a church in Houston, Texas, and he was a young convert sitting on the front row. And during the middle of the worship service, he said that all of a sudden he's seen on the right and on the left, huge feet, appearing where the altar space was just huge feet and he was just what's going on because he'd never seen anything like that but it would only appear for a second and it would just like a like a flash and he would see feet boom flash and he it, it kept on happening and it kept on happening he sent you about five or six times and he started looking back and he and he was looking it's a big church I know what church it was. I, I, you know, and it was a huge church. And so on this side of the platform and on this side of the platform, he kept on seeing feet appear and a flash. And he was going and he's going and he finally he just he was okay. He said he was going to look on one side and not move. 
And he looked and he's seen the feet and he's seen the flash and he saw a sword. Whew. And he was, what in the world? And finally he heard something and he turned around and he noticed there was a woman in the back row freaking out. She was a witch. She was casting spirits up to the platform to the pastor who was preaching. And every time a spirit would come, if it was on this side, he would see feet and they would see, all he would see is a sword. <laughs> Chop that thing right in half. And so he ends up, he goes back there and this woman's freaking out in fear. And so anyway, she manifests, cast out the devil from her. She comes up. Actually, no, no, I'm sorry. I apologize. He went back there, seen her, and then she comes past him to the platform. The pastor sees it and just tells everybody, start worshiping. Just, just continue worshiping. Ain't, there, ain't causing a scene. Ain't, let's just worship God right now. They started worshiping God. This woman comes up. A little old man from off the platform walks down and just says, be free. This woman hits the ground, gets completely free on the platform. She said, this is what she said. She goes, I went to churches throughout the city of Houston for years. And I would go as a mockery to the Christians and I would send demonic spirits to the platform. I seen preachers start cussing in the middle of sermons, I sent, I seen men and women of God start doing things because these spirits were able to attack them. So then she said, what is the power that I could not penetrate? I have never come across this before. And they said, this is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> this ain't doctrine. This is God. And she surrendered her life to Jesus. Because I don't care how much you know. If you have no life flowing from you. So you got to have life flowing from you to know you're alive. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And so it says. Uh, but the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can they know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged by no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? That he may instruct him. 1 Corinthians 3, continue. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as carnal, or as spir unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. So he said, okay, I, I came. If you can't understand, it's because you're carnal. If you're carnal, you're not spiritual. If you're not spiritual, I can only give you milk. Okay. That's all he's saying here. So he's telling the Corinthian church, because you don't understand spiritual elements, I can only give you milk. Okay. 
Hebrews 5, 11 says this, next page. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. Okay, so many things, hard, hard to be uttered. So what he's saying is, have you ever tried to cut wood with a dull axe? It just bounces. It ain't. It don't work very good. Okay. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, we try to say, we try to give hard sayings, sharp sayings, but your ears, you couldn't hear them. You're dull of hearing. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you see, you've been doing this long enough that you should be teaching this stuff. You have need, but yet you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as need of milk. So what is milk? Teaching. Milk is teaching. See, if you need teaching, then all you can handle is milk. That's what the word says. Why? He says, and not of strong meat. Here's the example. Verse 13, Hebrews 5, 13. For everyone that useth milk is what? Unskillful. Do you catch that? If you, if you're, if you were like, let's say, okay, let's say from here, you go, okay, I took the DHT course. I'm going to take someone under my wing and I'm going to walk this out with them. The, if they don't know how to operate in spirit, they're unskillful in their faith. Am I saying they're horrible people? No, not saying that at all. You can be a, you can be a wonderful person, but if you've never been trained, then you're unskillful. Right now, okay. Let me ask you. So, ask me when you uh, you know if you went deep sea uh, deep sea fishing, and you went and you were able to dive down to two hundred meters. Do you know what to do? You're a horrible person then. <laughs> yeah, what a horrible person that you don't know how to deep sea dive. 200 meters under the under the sea. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Reality is what? You've never been taught. See, that's see, some one here's the problem in the church. We don't want to teach this because we don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to say, oh brother so-and-so, you're unskillful. No, I need to say, brother or sister, so-and-so, you're unskillful. Why? Because I need to help you get skills. Because if you can get skills, then you can be skillful. And if you can be skillful, then you can be profitable. And if you can be profitable, then we you can, you can work in power and in demonstration. That's how that would work. So everyone that useth milk is unskillful. 
in the word of righteousness. Righteousness is right standing. That means part of it is part of the reason why you're in skillful and why you're not stepping out is because you don't fully have confidence that you are in right standing. That's what it means. If you were, okay, if you got stuck in Singapore and you were at a hotel, you had no money, all this stuff was going on wrong in your life while you were in Singapore. And the American embassy is across the street as an American citizen. Deborah, would you have confidence as an American citizen in Singapore to walk across the street into an American embassy? Would American citizen. But what if you were uh, of Ecuadorian citizen? Probably wouldn't have the same confidence to walk in an American embassy. Do you see how, how that would work? See, when somebody goes, well, I don't know if I can lay hands on the sick. Oh, you don't know if you're an American citizen. Oh, no, 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 no. I believe. Then go do what American citizens do. Walk in with confidence. Well, but I just I'm not I'm just not sure if they're gonna you know I don't know if they're gonna accept me. Do you have a social security card? Yes. Do you have a birth certificate? I said yeah. You know do do you have a, a birth certificate? Yeah. Do you have a California driver's license? Well, yeah. Then go. Well, but I just, I just, I really don't know if they're going to accept me. That, I mean, it, to us on the natural, it would be like, dude, that's just crazy. How in the world could you be a citizen and not act like one? And yet, how many Christians do we know who are citizens not act like one? Maybe I need extra permission. Maybe I need a second social security card. <laughs> Maybe I can't do it with a driver's license. Maybe I need a passport. Maybe I need the, what, what's that other one? Smart ID or what's it? Yeah. Uh, real. Uh, Maybe I need a real ID. Maybe my birth certificate needs to be laminated. When all you need to do is go, I'm an American citizen. What's your social security number? Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, come on in. I haven't eaten for three days. There's food, there's water, there's showers, there's clothes. You know, we will financially help you to get on your feet. We will take care of you in the means of whatever it is. Are you sick? Do you need, what, what do you need? What do you need? And they open up every need that you need because you're a citizen. And then as Christians, we go... Achoo! Oh my God, maybe I opened the door to a devil. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you're walking down the street and you hear something pop. It's, oh, oh man. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know. 
Because why? You're unskillful in the word of righteousness. You're unskillful in the word of righteousness, and you're a babe in Christ. If you continue reading verse 14, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use. Huh. That sounds like a verb. For reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. See, I, you guys have heard me say this statement. Because I've heard this, I've been in Pentecostal churches my whole life, so I can make fun of us. <laughs> Pentecostals, you know, are so good at this. And I've seen, you know, men, women, whatever. It's like they walk into a room and it's like, ooh, I felt that. I walk into a mall, ooh. And, and you know, I'm not saying you won't feel things. You do, and you will. And that's okay. But see, most Christians are only thermometers. And they go, ooh, it's hot in here. No, and then too, they, there's some that carry oil with them. The olive oil. And so if they feel damp, yeah. they got to anoint themselves. So I guess the, the like monsters don't get So it'll slide off of them. Like, you know, but it and 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 in I I've seen this for years. See, listen, I'm not saying because I have had moments where yes, I have sensed and felt something. No one bad. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But if that's what's all, if that is the is that a, if that is the level of maturity to lead you, then you're immature. If that is the only way, is what I'm saying. You will sense and feel things. That's just inevitable. Okay? You are you are a spirit in a soul in a body. And so you will have those moments. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is that is all that happens. <laughs> you know, you're, okay, I'll, I'll do this in a more practical way. Sounds spiritual, but less... Ooh, that was such a good service. I could just feel the presence of God. You know, and every time inside of me, I just want to just go. So proud of you. Like, okay. <laughs> what did you do with it? What did you do with the word that was given you? What did you do with that presence that is so tangible that you told me about? Or are you still grumpy? Are you still a jerk? Are you still watching porn? Are you still negative, speaking death, lying, cheating, manipulating, backbiting? Are you still, are you still doing those things? And if you are, then what good are you as a thermometer? You should be a thermostat. If it's too cold, Change the environment. That's who you are. Not a thermometer. Anybody can stick something under an armpit and tell the, te tell the temperature. Who cares? I don't care to know if my child's, you know, 
Temperature is 103. You know what I need to have? Is something to take away the hot temperature to change the situation. That's what matters. That's what I mean when I say prayers don't give God glory. Answered prayers give God glory. There's a difference there. You don't operate, Randy, for the purpose of just doing something. You operate from a position of royalty. You have a political position in the king's kingdom. You have a right as a citizen. And above all, you have an inheritance as a son. All of those things. And then we still go, should I, shouldn't I? Could I, couldn't I? We'll take a break right here, but let me, let me just say this. Go to... We're going we're, we're gonna to finish up. Okay. Uh, go to. Oh, I'm in Matthew. I'm in Mark. Okay, go to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. I'm just going to read this. Mark 4, verse 35 says this. It says, that same day when the evening came, he said to them, let us go cross to the other side. When they had sent the crowd away, they took him to the boat just as he was. There were also other little boats with him. A great windstorm arose and the waves splashed into the boat so that it was filling the boat. He was in the stern asleep on a pillow. They woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He rose and rebuked the wind and said, said to the sea, Peace be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Okay. So in this story, Jesus said, We're going to get to the other side. In telling him to get to the other side, he calmed the storm. So here was a question that I had to the Lord, and I'd asked him. I said, Lord, how do I know what storms to calm? California's always in a drought. At least what that's what Fox 40 always says. Years. Yeah. So, so if, I'm, if I'm here, that's pretty selfish of me just to go. You know, I'm outside, and I'm like, huh, rain, stop. So, Lord, how do I know which was to stop? How do I know what storms to calm? How do I know what it is? Now, there's some that are obvious. If they're going to hurt humanity, then you have a right, and I have a right, as a diplomat of the kingdom of God, to change the circumstance. There was a YouTube video, and I, gosh, I'd seen it once or twice, and I always tell, I never look for it, I, but they showed it to me. 
it was when the tsunamis hit, in, I think it was in Indonesia. And there was a pastor that, that, seen, that seen it coming. And there was children behind him. And he stood out and went to the water and he commanded the waves to not hit. Did they hit other areas? They did, but they didn't hurt the children. And it just went around them. And so I just kind of, I'd asked the Lord, Lord, how, how do I handle it? And it's simple. God said, go to the other side. Okay? Go to the other side. So Lord, how do I know the winds to calm down? Is it going against you? If you're going in that direction for the purpose of the kingdom of God, and the winds are coming this direction, then you have a right to say, move. That makes sense. See, it didn't say that, the, that Satan caused the winds to come. It didn't say that. But it does say that it coming against them, fighting against them. In the King James, it says it was coming against the disciples, the King James translation says. So that what, what does that tell me? If it's coming against you, as you are obeying the words of Jesus, you have a right to tell it to go. If you are obeying the words of Jesus to go to the other side, then you and I are obligated to obey the words of Jesus and any circumstance that is trying to come against me, against the words of Jesus, will not prevail. I don't have to go, is that a devil or is it not? Is that the enemy or is it, is it me? Is it my flesh? Is it, it? If there's 50 people that are hungry and you're going to feed them, if there's hurting people in that way and you're going to heal them and something comes against you, you have the right to tell it to move. Because of your political position within the kingdom of God in the king of righteousness. And if you are in right standing, you are a citizen. If you are a citizen. Did you know that prisoners are still citizens? Hmm. Go to the county. You know, nobody goes, oh, go to the county, all of those non-citizens. They're still citizens we have a bunch of christians that come to church that are in the county jails of the prisons of their own mind and who don't still and they don't realize they are still citizens they are bound by themselves amen all right there's some food let's grab take a five take a break get something to drink